What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Murder Shed podcast. Gavin, you with us? I am. Can you hear me? I sure can. Uh, Just so everybody knows, we are not in the same room together at the moment. Uh, Gavin is home. I am home. We are not in the murder shed because it is freezing balls cold outside, and that heater takes way too long to heat up in the murder shed to keep us sufficiently warm enough to sit out there for a long period of time to do a podcast. Uh, I feel pretty good about being back. Oh yeah. So um, I'm pretty excited. I said this, this one, Robert Picton, I mean, this is like, we've discussed that this is like the poster child for this podcast. Like this is when I originally, when this podcast started, this is like, this is the kind of person that, was like that had to be covered, which is amazing that this is the first episode of season two. Welcome, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like season two can really start off with a good one. Like, I mean, Robert Picton wasn't, you know, he's not very well known by really anybody. You can bring up his story, you know, talk about his story and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that, you know, but not a lot of people know his name. I mean, where yeah. he's from, where he's from, obviously, it's a, uh, He's probably pretty popular in British Columbia and Canada, so I'm sure he's pretty popular there. But, uh, Gav, anything on your mind tonight? I mean, anything at all? No, I'm, I'm kind of half afraid to pull up my own notes to because I don't know if it's going to make me leave the recording if I close out of this. Oh, well, uh, good for you because I have a bunch of notes. Dope. And uh, I am very ready to start this up if you are. Yeah, for sure. So, oh, all right. Well, we're looking at we are looking at Robert William Picton, aka Willie. His friends called him. Uh, he's a serial killer. His characteristics were rape, dismemberment, and he was a pig farmer. Those are uh, good characteristics to have. I mean, not many people can say they're you know a rapist. They dismember people, and they're a pig farmer. Uh, his yeah. number of victims range from six to forty nine. Uh, his date of his murders were 1995 to 2001. Gavin, were you even born yet? Yeah, I was born in 99. I'm 95 is when they started. Yeah, I, I was born in 1999. Yeah. I was already like four and a half. Uh, the date of his arrest is February 2nd, 2002. Uh, I said he was born October 26, 1949. Uh, so I've done a lot of research on him on like on uh, certain certain aspects of his life. Um, he was another one with one of the domineering mothers. Mm-hmm. So that just always seems to be the trend. I'm not saying that moms are more so, um, you know, like, but moms are very impressionable people on any kind of kid. You know, if, if their dad's yeah. not around, which their dad was around. But I mean, his mom and dad ran a pig farm. Uh, they had a sister, but the dad sent the sister away to live with uh, relatives because the dad believed that a pig farm was not a place to raise a young girl, which I guess in that sense, they had some morals. I mean, I guess. But they, the mom had a high screeching voice, apparently. Like, she, like they even like made that very – like, people aware of that. Her voice was, like, shrill and loud. Um, so she would yell for him, like, Hey, get the hell over here. They, they didn't bathe. The mom didn't believe in cleanliness, so they didn't bathe them. They didn't really change their clothes. So these kids were going to school. They worked on a pig farm seven days a week 
going to school five days a week, sitting on the bus. They said that other kids wouldn't want to sit next to him. Uh, Robert Pickett and his little brother, um, they didn't want to sit next to him. They stunk, which, I mean, who who would? I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, if you were in school would and a kid smelled like pig shit and, you know, body odor, what, I mean, what would you think? Like, I don't think I'm yeah. going to be wanting to sit next to a bus. But yeah, uh, it, it definitely seems like it would suck to have to, you know, sit next to that. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, his method of murder was strangulation with a piece of wire. Um, I, I kind of got off track on that because as I was saying about his, his upbringing, his mom and dad were very strict on them about work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but they, it wasn't the story from what I've heard. I mean, as I said, I've, watched a couple documentaries and I've read a little bit, but I never really heard anything about his parents being like abusive in a sense of like, they were, they seemed more uh, strict than abusive. Right. I mean, it is kind of abuse to send your kid to school without bathing them like that. That, and, and, uh, that is child abuse. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, that causes them emotional distress at school. Uh, Robert Pickton, uh, we're not going to go over with his brother and stuff. I'm more focusing on him because that's what this episode is. But uh, he was not good in school. They they actually deemed him slow. He took special classes. Uh, he was awful in school. I mean, how could you focus, though? Like, I mean, you don't have any friends. Uh, mm-hmm. You stink. You're, you, you, I mean, what help are you getting at home about that? Because his parents instilled in them that, you know, work, 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 work. Like, right. So, I mean, that's all they knew. So, and they said his mom was just super domineering. Like she was very strict, very, you know, they, uh, when he started driving, when he was 16, he started driving. Uh, he might've been younger than that. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he was driving a truck, uh, his dad's pickup truck. And he ended up hitting somebody, hitting a kid, a little boy and didn't know what to do. Like he left because he's a young kid. He's an inexperienced driver. He goes home, tells his mom about it. So mommy says, all right, go get the truck fixed. Take it in the barn, wipe it down, whatever. And the mom went out in the road, went went to find the kid, and pushed the kid off the road into like an embankment full of water, and the kid drowned. And the police looked at it as an accident. They didn't look at it as a murder. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's the mom. Obviously, I mean, she loved her kids to that extent. But it, I mean, do you think that maybe she did that just to keep her hired? I mean, her free labor around or I mean, possible. I mean, I could see that. Like, I mean, why would you want to lose your? You're getting older. You know, mm-hmm. his parents are getting older. And he had two young boys, and I mean, why would you? You know, that's your that's your main source of income. So, the kids were obviously taught at a very young age to kill, you know, and butcher animals. Mm-hmm. Which for a young kid to see that, and that you gotta think that 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 family owned that farm for their entire lives so i mean that's all they knew was butcher was like you know meat and butcher and killing like that's what they knew uh you know robert Pickton at one point had even saved up enough money that he went and bought himself a calf and raised the calf up to a good size it was it, you know that was like his only friend and he came home one day and looked in the stall and the calf was gone he went and asked his mom hey where's you know where's my calf at what, what what's up and she said, go out to the barn or something. She said something to go find your father or something. And when he had went in there and asked his dad, his dad said that we slaughtered that cow. This is an animal farm. This is where this happens. So, I mean, 
really that is emotionally scarring for a kid who has no friends. Yeah, for sure. You know, Absolutely. This, at the point, he wasn't really much of a kid. You know, he was driving at that point. I mean, he's still a kid technically, but I mean, think about that. Like this 16, 17 year old kid at the time, you know, his only friend was a cow he saved up to buy. And, you know, he, and the thing sad about it is that he didn't, he didn't hurt this cow. He wasn't torturing this cow. You know, he loved it and took care of it, nursed it, whatever. And then for your family to just, oh yeah, we killed that cow. Sorry. It wasn't even their cow to kill. It was his. He took care of it. He bought it. Yeah. But I guess like, you know, they all lived on our farm. You know, this is, this is what we do here. Sorry. That's shitty as a parent. As I said, they might not have been, a lot of people look at that as abusive. But you got to think about at that time. You know, 50s, early 60s, it wasn't what would be considered back then was to, as being a stern parent would be abusive now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's uh, that's just how it is. I mean, I, I, the world is just like that now. But as I said, I look at them as more. I mean, they weren't great parents, obviously, because obviously look how their son turned out. But I mean, um, but they did. I guess they did. That was their lifestyle. I mean, yeah. it just is what it is what it is. I mean, it's it's different than growing up working on a farm. You know, you are working on mm-hmm. a farm, but your primary job is to kill and butcher. And that's all they did. So yeah. they didn't have any friends. They didn't get to go out and play and run around. You know, anytime they their mom would catch them talking off to the side, kind of just playing or talking, she would yell at them like, hey, get back to work. We're not going to stand around all this and that. So that's that, but, um, but that is that he's from, he was from British Columbia, Canada. Uh, he's a former pig farmer and serial killer convicted of the second degree murders of six women. He is also charged in the deaths of an additional 20 women, many of them prostitutes and drug users from Vancouver's downtown East side in December, 2007, he was sentenced to a life to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years. The longest sentence available under Canadian law for murder. Now, anyone that doesn't know about Vancouver's downtown East side at that point in time, I'm not, don't quote me on this now. I'm not saying this, that it is like that now in modern times, but at that time, that was a very, very bad area. You didn't go to that area. You didn't live in that area unless you were down and out and doing drugs, stealing, prostitution. That was full, That's all it was. Bars, prostitute, prostitutions, drug dealers. I mean, that, that's literally all it was there. So uh, he frequented that area quite often because he wanted companionship. I mean, you know, I have all these girls. Oh, I can pay these girls money. They'll listen to me. I can have sex with them. You know, he, he felt like yeah. he had that power. And this guy, you got to think about, it, he never had power. Like, when did he ever have power in his life over anything? Yeah, so, I mean, even like the one pet that he owns, you know, yeah. his family was just like, no, fuck you. I ain't going to have that. Sorry. Happy? <laughs> no, that, that, we don't do happy here. So, um, so he frequented that and uh, he, he made a lot of friends there, which, you know, I guess you could call them friends. I mean, I don't really know if, I mean, I guess you can be friends with, hardcore drug dealers and prostitutes, I guess. But uh, they, they actually, the weird thing is when they, when the prostitutes were being interviewed, they weren't saying really bad things about him at all. They said he was a nice guy. He paid well. Uh, I mean, you know, he, he was fun to talk to. All he wanted to do was really talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he, he, so, I mean, I guess 
it's it's hard. <laughs> I don't even know how to say that. Like, uh, like he had good references from the prostitutes. I don't know. Like, yeah. the prostitutes liked him. The drug dealers liked him. Whatever. Uh, well, he would eventually start picking up girls once he, you know, he, he would find like coke addicts and stuff, and say, hey, you know, once he decided to start killing, you know, like, hey, you know, I got drugs. You want to come back to my trailer? He'd bring them back to his trailer, and then he would strangle them. And uh, and knew and do what he did best. He was actually an apprentice. I skipped out on that. Actually, uh, I had learned he was an apprentice when he was younger. Uh, when he was, you know, around the time he was driving, so he stayed with his parents for quite a while up until his teen years. Um, he was an apprentice for a butcher shop, an apprentice butcher, and and they even said testimonies from them said that he was extremely good. And why would you not be? I mean, you grew up. Mm-hmm. That's all you ever knew. They said that he knew where to cut, how much to cut, what every part was. He was very skilled at butchering. Yeah. You know, in the in the art of meats. So um so that's that. During the trial, uh he was so you know, he went to prison, life without parole, or he I think it was what Canada's like possibility of with no possibility of parole for twenty five years. So he had to go twenty five years without the possibility of parole. Right. Yeah. Uh, so during the trial's first day of jury evidence, January second, tw- two thousand, January twenty second, two thousand seven, the Crown stated he confessed to forty nine murders. I think Crown. Uh, anyone that's listening to this that knows this, I'm not accustomed with the how how in America we're defendants and you know whatever. Um. So I think they say Crown. I'm not sure. I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I could just be. An idiot just saying that. I don't know, but I, I think that's the case. Um, but um, so the Crown stated he confessed to 49 murders to an undercover police officer posing as a cellmate. The Crown reported that Picton, oh, I guess the Crown, I, I don't know. It says Crown. I, I don't know. The Crown reported to, that Picton told the officer that he wanted to kill another woman to make it an even 50 and that he was caught because he was, quote unquote, sloppy. So he wanted to make it an even 50, but he got caught. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, sorry, it's hard to focus. I'm, I'm sitting out here and I, I'm looking through my front door. And my youngest son, who's eight months old, is standing at the door, the glass door, looking outside. He just learned how to like pull himself up on stuff. And he's like uh... leaning on it. And it's just, <laughs> it's so distracting. Um, back to murder and, uh, and butchery. Uh, so on February 5th, 2002, police, uh, executed a search warrant for illegal firearms at the property owned by Picton and his three siblings. He was taken into custody and police then obtained a second court order to search the farm as a part of the BC missing, the BC missing women investigation. When personal items, including a prescription asthma inhaler belonging to one of the missing women, were found. The farm was sealed off by members of the joint RCMP Vancouver Police Department Task Force. The following day, Picton was charged with a with strong with storing a firearm contrary to regulations, possession of a firearm while not being holder of a license, and possession of loaded restricted firearm without a license. He was later released and kept under police surveillance. So they had to let him go on the firearm charges. You know, he had firearms or whatever. That that mm-hmm. that was a crime. And had papers. He, he wouldn't. You know. But, I mean, they found the inhaler of one of the missing girls there. So, um, 
I mean, you can't charge somebody with that. You know, like that. Obviously, right. you can. Say, we found her inhaler, so you had to have killed her. I mean, she was a prostitute. You know, like there's, you know, if if you find prostitutes belonging somewhere, I mean, obviously they know he done it. They know he done something. But you know, the law says, you know, you can't just arrest them on on you think they done something. Exactly. On Friday, February twenty second. 2002, Picton was arrested and charged with two counts of first-degree murder and the deaths of Serena. Dude, this last name is awful. The, the next one, Mona Wilson. That's easy. This girl is Serena Abtopsway. Abotsway. It's like A-B-O-T-S-W-A-Y. Oh, uh, I think it's Abbotsway. I think I've heard that pronounced before. I think it's Abbotsway. I think it's Abbotsway. Okay. Like that, I can kind of break it down. That dyslexia kicks in. I'm just like, can't. When I see something together, I'm like, how do you? I'm like trying to break it down in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I suck so bad at last names. On April 2nd, 2002, three more charges were added for the murders of Jacqueline McDowell and Diana Rock and Heather Bottomley. Bottomley, a sixth charge for the murder of Adrena jo- Jones. These are actually not bad last names. Andrea Jonesbury, Josbury, was laid on uh, was laid on April 9, thousand two, followed shortly by a seventh for Brenda Wolf. On Jesus, on September twentieth, four more charges were added for the slayings of. Okay, I'm just there's just a whole lot of last names. I'm not going to go over every last name. I'm not going to go over every person. He, he killed a lot of people. Okay, so uh, they the pretty much the uh, they continued through November two thousand three. The cost of this investigation is estimated to have been $70 million by the end of 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in the meantime, all the buildings have been demolished. Forensics analysis were very difficult because the bodies of the victims may have been left to decompose or allowed to be eaten by insects and pigs on the farm during the early days of uh, excavations. Forensics anthropologists brought in heavy equipment, including two 50-foot flat conveyor belts, and soil shifters to find traces of remains. Soil shifters, people, you'll see a lot of those in mines, uh, stuff like that. Um, On March 10, 2004, it was revealed that human flesh may have been ground up and mixed with pork from the farm. The pork was never distributed commercially, but was handed out to friends and visitors of the farm. Another claim made is that he fed the bodies directly to his pigs. So that is nuts, obviously. Um, I mean, obviously he didn't make it to being able to sell this stuff in stores. But I mm-hmm. mean, being his family and friends who ate this shit that he gave them. Yeah, that's some real like, Hannibal shit. A month later or some shit. Or like you see this trial going on. For me personally, if I have a friend who's a butcher, like in a meat shop or does anything like that, and they give me meat and I'm eating it, whatever. If I find out that they've killed people, the first thing I'm going to think is, did I eat somebody? Like, did I fucking get fed somebody? Like, yeah. First thought. So, obviously, the trial began on January 30th, 2006. This this went on forever. I mean, you got to think about how long this went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 2006, a new, uh, new Westminster... Westminster, he pleaded not guilty to 27 charges of first-degree murder in the Supreme Court of British Columbia. Uh, it took almost a year to determine what evidence might be admitted before the jury reporters were not 
before the jury reporters were allowed to disclose any of the material presented in the arguments. On March 2nd, 2006, one of the 27 counts was rejected by Justice James Williams for lack of evidence. So you got to think about this. Enough of the trial shit. We know he gets convicted. We know what he gets charged with. We get it. He murdered a lot of people. Okay, so, um, I mean, just think about this guy. Like, that's a lot of people to kill. Mm-hmm. Definitely not like the record, but I mean, think about for you know British Columbia at that time, like they had never seen anything like this. I mean, that's insane. Like, Im- imagine like how he he they said he treated these bodies and these women the way he would treat an animal, like uh, slaughtering a hog. Mm-hmm. So that's insane. Like that you can have that mentality where, and you've seen pictures of this guy. You you would think yeah. that. And I'll have it in the thumbnail uh, when I post it on Instagram and talk about this, the new episode. The pictures of this guy, dude, they look like they're out of a out of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first picture I saw of him, I was like, oh, that must be a movie they did of him. So there's no way he actually looked like that. Like, there's no way they actually made him look like a fucking serial killer. Like, it just looked too. And I was like, no, that that's him. That's a real picture of him. That's insane, like, how much he... Like, you looked at that guy, and you just like, okay, eh, eh. I mean, he had the skullet going on. He is real frail and pale-looking, and uh, I don't know, man. He oh, Even the picture, the famous picture of him, like, pulling up that hog on the chains with his hands all bloody and smiling. Mm-hmm. Alone. I mean, I know he's killing a hog, but, uh, you know. But he was also, they did a movie on him called The Pig Farm. Uh, I'm not too familiar with it. Um. I had I didn't even know that at the time, but uh, apparently they did a movie on him. Um, but the remains of DNA of at least thirty three women were found on his farm, so that's that's insane. Um, so that 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 pretty much proves that when you find their DNA thirty three different sets of DNA from all these missing women, that's a little different yeah. than finding missing inhaler. So, um, so that is a uh, that's nuts. But as I said, uh, there's also another movie. It's on uh, what is it it's called? Uh, Killer Picton or something. It's on. It's a. It's from 2006. I don't think any of these movies are like big budget. Obviously, uh, uh-huh. sure that he inspired movies. You know, I'm sure a lot of the more modern movies that came out way after were certainly inspired by things that he did. You know, we look at like Ed Gein and stuff, inspiring all those movies or whatever. But you know, this guy, right. you know, he don't get that kind of credit in a sense because he's overshadowed by people like that. But I mean, this guy is the perfect horror movie. You think about it, yeah. like who's closer to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre than this guy? You know, when you think about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you think about butchery and slaughter. I don't even know if that's butchery. Yeah, it's, it's you think about slaughter and slaughterhouses and stuff like that. Like it's that whole thing. That's the whole kind of wrapping paper around the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, it always there's always a reference of a slaughterhouse or like Leatherface's door that he pulls closed on the original movie was like the slaughterhouse door or you know the meat hooks and stuff. So this guy really really personifies like the whole serial killer like the the he's not he wasn't like hidden in a sense like oh he was a clown by day but he killed people at night like no this guy was a butcher of animals during the day and he butchered women the same way at night yeah so, I mean, 
he pretty much stuck with the profession. He just, you know, it's all he ever did. So that's cool. Um, but you know, obviously they said he raped a bunch of these women. I'm, I I didn't hear much about the rape stuff. I'm sure he did. They said that he did have sex with some of the bodies. Like he fondled some of the body. I mean, but that's not a surprise though. It seems like every one of these guys do. You know, mm-hmm. you always you always hear that. You it's not even shocking to hear that anymore. Like, I mean, if I'm like Gavin, guess what else he did? He had sex with the dead bodies. It's just like, oh well, everybody's done that. Like every everyone was every serial killer we talk about has had sex with a dead body. So it's not like that's new. But um, and I'm not dismissing the severity of that or how heinous that is, but I mean, when you, you fuck, when's the last time we talked about somebody who didn't have sex with a dead body? I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know, like, shit, like, um, but I mean, it's a uh, this dude is nuts. Like, if anyone hasn't seen this guy, if you have not seen pictures, sorry about that, folks. We had a uh, had some technical difficulties. Uh, our stream was cut. So I'm not really sure why I think it might be a problem with the podcast streaming service that we use. Uh, We'd like to apologize and hope you enjoyed the episode. I think we covered pretty much everything there was to cover. I'm sure most of it would have just been the rest of it, just us rambling on incoherently. Uh, So Robert Pickton was a bad dude. Um, He that that's a that is a really, really messed up individual and that's what we cover here on the murder shed i mean he is the poster child for this show so thank you for supporting us thank you for seeing us in the season two there wouldn't be a season two if it wasn't for all of you listening to us we really appreciate all the support we get on the instagram page and all the support supporters we get listening to the show uh thank you all very much um next week we will be doing another episode we will finish discussing discussing robert picton I said sorry about it. I mean, it was 25 minutes long. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's what's best. Uh, so we didn't ramble for an hour. But again, thank you so very much. And we will see you in the next one.